Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is part five of a series I am sharing from uh, Tom Watson, uh, Pastor Tom Watson, uh, founder of the Bended Knee International Mission Organization. I'm using this by permission, but this is part five of Christianity and Socialism titled Cultural Marxism in America Everywhere We Look. Karl Marx did not distinguish between communism and socialism, but his Marxist ideology took two different paths. Classic Marxism, Lenin, is where the working class is used to overthrow capitalism and usher in socialism, as happened in Russia in 1917 and in many countries since. Cultural Marxism, Gramsci's, brings the same results, not by outright revolution, but through cultural change and social transformation. Cultural Marxism is the ideology of Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci. He was the head of the Italian Communist Party and died in prison in 1937. However, his ideology penned in his prison notebooks lives on. It became the core teaching of the Institute for Research, better known as the Frankfurt School in Germany. They combined Gramscian thought with Freudian psychoanalysis with the idea of causing people to see themselves as victims of capitalism. The Frankfurt School moved to New York in 1935 and joined with Columbia University. And from there, cultural Marxism spread across America. The goal to overtake America became known as, quote, a long walk through the institutions, specifically beginning in higher education. With 36% of millennials approving of communism and 70% saying they are likely to vote for for a socialist proves the success of cultural Marxism. Russian Premier Nikita Khrushchev told U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Ezra Taft Benson in 1959 that, quote, we cannot expect Americans to jump from capitalism to communism, but we can assist their leaders in giving America small doses of socialism until they suddenly awake to find they have communism, end quote. Sixty years later, the results of small doses of socialism cultural Marxism, are everywhere, from the sexual revolution to the legalization of abortion to moral decadence to the eroding of religious liberty to the culture of victimization to the defunding of the police, everywhere we look. In his book, The Naked Communist, 1958, American conservative author Cleon Skusen lists 45 goals showing how socialism will take over America. It's been almost 60 years since the goals were read into the U.S. congressional record in 1963. Many of those goals have already been accomplished and others remain a work in progress. Take for example, goal number 28, eliminate prayer or any place for religious expression in schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Accomplished, U.S. Supreme Court, Engel versus Vital, 1962. Goal number 38, Transfer some of the power of arrest from the police to social agencies. Marx said socialism would produce a utopia with no need for police. In his April thesis of 1917, Lenin was the first to demand the abolition of the police. Just one month after Lenin's social takeover, the new government established the first secret police known as CHEKA. The new police 
were not for the protection of the citizenry, but to protect the controlling elite from the citizens. Same thing happened with the rise of German National Socialism and the Third Reich. They did not abolish the police force, but created a socialist alternative, Brown Church, not to protect law and order, but to organize riots, arson, intimidation of opponents. The same took place among Mussolini's Italian socialists, black shirts, and of course Mao's China. This year, the Minneapolis City Council, bowing to pressure from Black Lives Matter, promised to work toward ending the police department and create a social alternative. As a result, an abnormally large number of police officers left the department, and a wave of violent crime, including 74 homicides, have occurred to date. So was the council's action to protect the citizenry or to protect their politically correct agenda? Many other cities in America have the same plan. The Black Lives Matter Foundation website states, quote, prisons, police, and all other institutions that inflict violence on black people must be abolished. A recent Gallup poll, September, reports that 81% of black respondents want police presence to remain the same or increase. Related to this is goal number 42, to create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition that students and special interest groups should rise up and make a united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. In 2020, progressive governors, mayors, and social and city officials legitimized violent protests by special interest groups, Antifa, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and LGBTQ campaigners, by taking no action except calling the, off the police. U.S. Attorney General William Barr said, quote, This is the first time in my memory that leaders of one of our great two political parties, the Democrat Party, are not coming out and condemning mob violence and the attack on federal courts. Related to this is goal number 15, capture one or both political parties in the U.S., which we will discuss at a future date. Goal number 33, belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the grounds that it is only a minor part of the big picture. When socialism took over Russia, the heroes of their past were vilified, just like here in the United States in 2020. Socialism is built upon lies, so there is no problem in changing history. A Russian history teacher once asked me, why did Truman bomb Japan after they had surrendered? I asked him where he got that idea, and he told me, that is what we've always been taught. I also learned that they have been taught that Russia took credit for the invention of the steam engine, the electric light, the radio, the discovery of penicillin, and led the way in the development of a aviation. All lies. A People's History of the United States, 1980, and A Young People's History of the United States, 2007, are history books used across the U United States, from middle school through the university. Author Howard Zinn distorts the actual true historical record. He paints America as irredeemable, oppressive, racist, and unjust in order to goad impressionable students to anger, despair, and hopelessness about their country. The State Board of Education in California plans to adopt critical ethnic studies, quote, critical ethnic studies beginning next year. Opponents say these studies are vulgar Marxism, identity politics, and victimology. They teach that white privilege and capitalism prevent advancement and the success among minority groups like African Americans, Native Americans, Asians, Latinos. How then do they explain the extraordinary success so many of these people have accomplished? How do they explain that minority groups in America are far better off than minority groups found in any other place in the world? The newly published New York Times <clears throat> 1619 Project 
makes slavery rather than freedom the defining part of, a, of the American experience. It argues that slavery is the foundation of capitalism and the American Revolution was not for liberty but because our founding fathers believed the British were going to end slavery. Lead writer Nicole Hannah Jones was confronted about her untruthfulness lies but she proceeded anyway and won the liberal Pulitzer Prize for journalism. To date, at least three major metropolitan school districts have adopted the 1619 Project, and some 3,500 classrooms are planning to use it to teach American history, and that is just the beginning. Goal number 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship in violation of free speech and the free press. Goal 25, break down cultural standards by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, TV. Goal 26, present homosexuality, <clears throat> degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. When a candidate for the President of the United States, Joe Biden, tells a young mother it's all right for her children to be transgender by saying, quote, the idea of an 8-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided to be transgender, that's what I think I'd like to be, it would make my life easier. There should be zero discrimination. Then all I can say is accomplished. And may I add, Lord help us. But let us face reality here. Let us look at this truthfully and not through some socialist lie, but through the lens of scripture. Such cultural Marxism, politically correct reasoning may get you some votes. And apparently it did. Apparently it did. But it also gets you a reservation for the judgment of the great day and the punishment of eternal fire, Jude 6 and 7. Since God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, Ezekiel 18:23, neither should we. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, should be a constant part of our prayer life. As students of the Bible, we should know that the victimization, blame-shifting that prevails today did not begin with man. Satan, in Genesis 3, 1 through 5, lied and deceived Eve, convincing her that she was a victim and one of privilege was holding her back. She was a victim and one of privilege, God, was holding her back. The Marxist ideology of today would say it was God's systemic nature that made him the abuser and Eve the abused. We see the same thing with Cain in the next chapter. Victimology has been around a long time. Fellow believers, there is much more to what is going on in America and across the world in politics and social issues. We are in a spiritual war. For prophecy to be fulfilled, God in his timing must allow Satan to prepare the world for the rise of the man of sin, the Antichrist. Is now the time? Therefore, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done all and having done everything to stand firm. Lord, we thank you for the truth that you are sovereign and that we can stand firm with the full armor of God. And uh, Lord, may we do so, realizing we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. There, there are f spiritual forces behind the scenes shaping what we see, uh, moving us towards last day's madness. And so, Lord, uh, help us as your people to be a firm and faithful and steady witness for you for such a time as this. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.